Welcome in everyone to another edition of Hustle With Us. You're back for another edition here, ready to hear some tips and tricks from our coaches and trainers. But before we get to that, we got to introduce Craig Mushno over there on the other end of the line. Craig, how are we doing today? Hey, good. Doing really well, Tristan. It's uh, 2020. We're in a new year. Brand new year. Can't believe it. New Year, same us though. That's that's <laughs> with here. Uh, same level of information that you're used to receiving from the podcast, and we are going to get right into it with our first guest of 2020. That's Coach Rance Terry. He's the assistant director of strength and conditioning for Purdue baseball. That's Big Ten baseball. There, he's made a couple of stops along the way. Uh, strength and conditioning coach at FGCU Baseball. It's Florida Gulf Coast. He worked with a couple of minor league baseball affiliates in the Royals and the Cardinals as well. He's been around the block a couple times, which means that he definitely knows what he's talking about here. Right, Craig? Yeah, absolutely. Coach Terry was great. Um, super informative. I liked that he got technical, told us about some of the key exercises that he does. But one thing that I thought was really interesting, Tristan, was you know his experience in the pros versus in college. And, you know, he mentioned that, you know, college was the area for him. That was the area that he preferred because he was able to have a bigger impact on players at that level in their careers. Maybe in the pros, they've already developed a lot of the capabilities, but, you know, working with college age players um, sounded like a great fit for him. And I thought that was really interesting. Exactly right. He They come into uh, they come into school, freshman, 18-year-old, or you know maybe a JUCO transfer. He's not reinventing the wheel, as he might have to do with some of these other guys. Uh, he is keeping rolling that wheel down the hill, which uh, he gets into a little bit, obviously. Uh, he also touches on a little bit of what that you know freshman, 18-year-old, that ideal player that he'd like to see train. He really wants to see athletes walk into his weight room because they are the most susceptible to, he talks about this, developing the backside. You know, he says that the glutes and the uh, hammies and everything in that back end there, it's usually undeveloped when they get to his level. So if you're an athlete and you already have your proper movements down, proper exercises down, proper trainings down, it's going to be a lot easier for him to really take the wheel and make you the best player that you can possibly be. We'll let him talk about that right here. Before we do, you know the drill. Make sure you're scrolling down, giving us those five-star ratings, uh, making sure that we are at the top of your podcast charts, and make sure that you go ahead and follow us there on all the social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Hustle With Us. So here, without further ado, let's get right into it. Coach Rance Terry. Before we get to our interview, a quick word about the Hustle Sports training app. If you're an athlete trying to improve your skills or a youth sports coach trying to develop your players with an effective training program, look no further than the Hustle app. Hustle is the simplest way to learn new sports skills. We partner with coaches and trainers at all levels to produce instructional videos and training plans that will help you to improve your fundamentals and master advanced techniques. Whether you're building out your practice plans or looking to improve your form, techniques, or fitness, Hustle has a training plan for you. Download our app in iTunes or the Google Play App Store by searching Hustle Training or visit our website at hustletraining.com. Get a leg up on your competition with Hustle. All right, here we go. All right, welcome everyone. We have with us on the line Coach Rance Terry. He's the Assistant Director of Strength and Conditioning for the Purdue University men's baseball team coach how are we doing today good how are y'all 
Doing well, doing well. Can't complain on our end. I know you got a lot going on. You're going to get your season up rolling here. Before you know it, you're going to blink it. It's coming up quick. Exactly. So appreciate you being able to make the time. Uh, As always, we want to talk to you a little bit about your role with Purdue men's baseball, help our athletes out a little bit. But before we get there, we definitely want to hear your story. I know you played a little bit, played a little college ball yourself. Was uh, being a strength and conditioning coach always in the cards for you? How'd you end up to where you're at now? It's funny. Where I played at, it was a D2, and we didn't actually have a strength coach. We just kind of had a weight room and, and did our own thing. And we always had a lot of guys hurt. And, and so I was always just in there trying to learn and get better. And it just kind of worked out for me that when I got done playing, I got a chance at Texas Tech to, to start interning. And it went from there. It just turned into, you know, something I was really good at. And I wanted to stay in baseball. So it just kind of worked out. Very nice. So then you, you made a couple stops beforehand as well. You got, you got to Texas Tech. I know I read up a little bit that you worked for uh, some of the minor league affiliates. How did you end up in that position? And I also wanted to follow up right after that as well. So I actually got really lucky. Yeah, I couldn't get a job after I graduated. So I went and got my master's down at Tarleton State and worked with their baseball program. The St. Louis Cardinals ended up hiring me. And I spent a year with them, and then I spent a year with Kansas City Royals. And, you know, I love pro baseball, but I always wanted to be in college. You just have a better opportunity to develop players in college. You have, you have four years with them instead of, you know, a year. So it's just easier. And so I left the Royals. I ended up getting an opportunity at Florida Gulf Coast University. And mm-hmm. I spent three years with them. And, and that took me to kind of where I am now. Got it. So following up on that a little bit, you made that transition. You mentioned you do like to work with these guys for a few years before sending them on their way. Whereas, you know, in the minors, you never know when they're going to get called up or what the case is. Is there is there a specific difference that you see in your approach to training these guys? You know, these college players need to work on this more. Or I was focusing more on this in the minors. Anything like that, that you picked up on? Yeah, there's a big difference just as far as backgrounds. Like, in college, for the most part, we, we're getting these guys out of high school from America, and, and they have a training background, or they don't. But in the minor leagues, you know, you get guys from all over the world, and, and some of them have backgrounds, some of them don't. But some of these guys from the Dominican or wherever, they've never even been in a weight room. So it's kind of it's kind of difficult to develop them when you have to, you know, teach them you know, what a weight room is. And so it's both sides of it. you got to also deal with the, the Spanish and English barrier. Um, when I get guys as a freshman here at Purdue, um, we go straight into it in the summer, and, and by the time school starts two months later, they're, you know, fully developed as far as knowing how to run a program themselves. Got it. I, I get it. Hey, I want to go back to something that you mentioned before, um, kind of early in your career. You were happy to be able to kind of maintain strength and conditioning path for baseball only, or really to focus on baseball. Were there other areas or other sports that you touched on? I know baseball is your expertise, but were there other sports? And can you tell us, you know, why you decided to focus on baseball? No matter what, in strength and conditioning coming up with the internships and the GA positions, you're going to work with other sports. That's just how it goes. I mean, as a GA, I was with football and every other sport. Um, I spent some time at TCU with their football program. And so I've worked with all sports, but it's just it's different with baseball because you're with them so much. Other teams, basketball, you might travel for a day. Football, travel for the weekend. But baseball, we could be on the road three weeks at a time. I mean, we had a tornado destroy our stadium at Louisiana Tech last season. We spent over a month on the road. And, and in the hotels and stuff, you get to know these guys really well. And it helps you develop a better relationship with them to, to train them better, honestly. Like, I'm, I can see a guy walk in the weight room and, and understand how he's feeling without ever using any technology to figure it out. So 
you know, speaking about your expertise, going into that a little bit further, um, I know you've got a number of certifications, the NSCA, uh, CSCCA, um, other certifications. Can you tell me a little bit about those certifications and the process and, and really what that means to you? Yeah, of course. First one I actually got was USA Douglas, USA Weightlifting Certification. And that one's just kind of like a weekend seminar. The CSCS is kind of the baseline. That's what everyone gets first. Um, you know, you take a test written online, uh, two and a half hours or so, and you're certified. The biggest difference with the CSCCA is the Collegiate Strength and Conditioning Coach Certification. You actually have to sit in front of a board of three master strength coaches and present a program you've designed for them. And they have to approve whether or not you're competent to sit and pass the exam. And then you also have a written portion as well. But that's just a little more in-depth. You can't actually sit for it unless you're a graduate and you've done an eight-month internship with a master strength coach. So you know people who certify through that are actually competent to do their jobs. Yeah, no, when you talk about shadowing somebody for eight months, it's definitely uh, spending a lot of time into it. Well, <laughs> obviously, you, we know that, that you have what it takes to train these guys the right way, making sure they're not overexerting themselves in any fashion. Uh, when you get these guys, especially these freshmen coming into Purdue or FGCU, wherever, wherever you're working, is there something common that you see from a freshman baseball varsity player uh, that's coming on to your squad that you think that they need to work on the most, whether it's in the swing, whether it's in the weight room, anything like that? Yeah, I think the biggest problem we have just in our daily meetings of the staff is like everyone we recruit, they play year round. We'll go recruit these kids and they'll be down in, in Florida playing a weekend series and they'll, they'll fly back to wherever they're from and they'll play, you know, a, a couple more games. They're playing every day. And so when they get to us, they're either hurt or, you know, they're just they're so fatigued that we got to let them let them recover before we can do anything with them. But the biggest thing for me is baseball is a lower body sport. And we try and instill that in these kids all the time. I tell them almost daily, you know, get on your knees and take BP. It's not going to go very far. If you take your legs out of the equation, you're not going to be able to create enough power to do what you need to do. And these guys come in and they want to bench heavy and they want to, you know, shoulder press heavy. But the legs is where the power is created. And baseball is a powerful mm -hmm. sport. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't – in season, we don't do anything slowly everything in the weight room is fast rotational movements because I don't want to train these guys to be slow in season. Yeah. So you talked about um, some of those exercises that the players want to do. They want to go heavy at times. You know, how do you incorporate weights versus calisthenics or kind of body weight exercises? You know, when, when you think of um, what's best for baseball players, especially baseball players early in their career, you know, how do you uh, figure out that mix. Well, I think first I'll get into the fact that, you know, the long distance cardio is finally working its way out of baseball. You know, it used to be, and I was, I was at a school just a couple of years ago where, you know, we had a coach that wanted to run poles, run miles. We'd run our pitchers three or four miles just because he believed in, you know, that was still the old way of doing things. We don't ever run any of our players long distance. It's all short, quick sprint bursts. And if we need to get some conditioning out of them, we'll do that repetitively. But, I mean, we'll never have guys sprint more than at the most 100 yards. It, it doesn't train what we want it to train for baseball. You know, I, I also ask kids, how, what's the farthest you're ever going to run on a baseball field? And I'll get various sure. answers, home to second, you know, 40, 50 yards. But we're not going to train them to be cross-country runners because that's not the sport. <laughs> so, yeah. then we get in the weight room. And like I said, it's lower body dominant. Our, our main lifts are front squat, reverse lunge, hex dead. And for position, we have a neutral grip bench. But every day is 
essentially a lower body day. I mean, it's total body, but there's always a lower body emphasis to the program. And, and the more, the more power we put on these guys, lower half, the stronger they're going to be able to be on the field. Got it. And so, you know, you're talking about the um, weight program and players early in their career, you know, how, what's, what's kind of that right age that uh, uh, players out there should begin considering this? You know, it's funny that there's always been this argument that the stunt of growth, you stunt the growth of a kid if he starts training too early. There's so much research and studies out there now that, that show that that isn't the case. You know, if you, you can load an athlete right at a young age and you're competent enough to do it, he doesn't need to be doing anything crazy like snatching or anything wild like that. But if you can load a kid young and teach him the right motor patterns and the right movements, it's going to help him develop as he gets older. Because the older he gets, I mean, I get them at the prime age for them to grow. And, you know, they're going right through puberty and it's perfect time. But these younger kids, I get a bunch of them and they just they don't even know how to move. One of the biggest things for us is being able to hip hinge. And I have a lot of kids that don't even know how to do that. And at 18 years old, that should have been instilled in you a long time ago. Right. Plays right into uh, plays right into the next question here, that hip hinge that you said. Can you tell us about some of your favorite exercises that you get to get them to really improve that movement? And explain to us, for the audience out there, what you mean by the hip hinge. Yeah, so a hip hinge would just essentially be if you stand a foot or two away from the wall, just bending your pushing your butt back into the wall and dropping your chest. That's as simple as it gets. A Romanian deadlift is one thing we do, but we do a lot of hip thrusts. Um, we also do a lot of single leg RDLs for balance. But surprisingly, you get a lot of glute activation out of a reverse lunge. If you ever do it, you're going to get really sore on your backside. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these kids' backsides are underdeveloped. Their hamstrings, their glutes, they're way – underdeveloped and undertrained because they've never really done those type of exercises so we we hammer that as much as we can and we try and get that back side of the lower half as big as possible and kind of going back to uh an earlier question when you are working the glutes the backside like that you would you recommend body weight exercises or some types of calisthenics over the actual weight training, you know, the, the machine, the leg extension machine, whatever we're working with in the right, in the weight room. Yeah. So that's also, that's a great question because when we have, it doesn't matter if we have a kid come in from a Juco or, or a freshman at 18, we start them off on a developmental program and it's body weight stuff and, and, you know, empty barbell stuff, teaching them motor patterns and teaching them movements. And once they get confident in that, doing those same movements every day, squat, hip hinge, lunge, once they get competent, then we start loading it. But we're never going to bring a kid in and squat him on day one with 300 pounds or anything because we're just going to create bad patterns and not be able to develop a kid right. You know, it's going to come back to bite you down the road. So we make sure they have great competency for movements before we ever load them. Sure. So with uh, with those developmental programs that you put into place, any tools, whether it's the exercise bands or anything else along those lines that you really like to get incorporated in there for them to, like you said, build the backside? For us, what we'll do with bands specifically is we'll barbell hip thrust in season with the barbell because we can put a ton of weight on it and load them in the off season. Once we get into the season, we'll band them. We'll get some fake green bands and we'll do band hip thrust. And it takes the stress off their hips, but we're still able to get the load off of it. And the same thing with within season as far as squats or anything like that, we'll band our bars. So we take the weight off, but we still have the band tension. And that band forces them to create power because if you're not moving the bands fast on the barbell, it's going to slow you down. So it, it reminds them every rep to speed up and be faster. 
one, uh, I'm going to put a scenario out there in front of you. Let's say that you're going out to a seminar, you're talking to call it 14, 15 year old range, these kids that really want to get to that next level and, and play under you over there at Purdue University. Uh, what's that one piece of advice that you're going to give them at that age uh, in order to get to that next level? The one thing I always tell our recruits that come in is if you can come into me doing a competent push-up, bodyweight squat, pull-up with good form, then you're going to be a better help to me than someone who thinks they can come in and squat 400 pounds. We get a lot of kids in that, you know, they think they know how to work in a weight room, and, and I basically have to break it down and, like, restart them from zero, and it takes way more time because they just they have bad patterns that they've created trying to max out over the years and post Instagram videos and it, it defeats the whole process of what we're trying to do. Yeah, we hear that from a lot of coaches about um, the importance of fundamentals. Um, and so it sounds like that's what you're, you know, you're really focused on. Would you say that, you know, we've we've talked to a lot of different trainers, a lot of different strength coaches here on the on the podcast. Would you say that the fundamentals is um, something that makes you different from other strength trainers? Or is there something else that you would say is uh, the big differentiator for your your style? Yeah, I mean, the trend in our profession in general is, and it's a good thing, it's it's moved towards development. And especially in college, when you have four years with them, that's the most important thing because you got to think about four years plus the possibility of them going on and playing pro ball. And so right now as a freshman, it may not be that important for me to see them lift a lot of weight. I always tell our coaching staff, if I can give you a better athlete, you can make him a better baseball player. I'm just trying to make him a better athlete. And I think that's what my main program focus on focuses on is that we just try and make him more athletic. If you come in our weight room, you're not going to see guys doing anything unathletic. We try and make them do everything in the weight room with the most athletic movement possible. You know, I don't want them to come in and, and then turn into an L.A. fitness. They're going to lift weight, but, but it's going to be in an athletic, powerful fashion. I'd love to hear that. Absolutely. Yeah, like you said, you, you can turn it around real quick given your approach there. Well, Coach, again, appreciate the time today. I want to uh, – obviously here at Hustle, we're big with tech in sports, you know, especially with of sports course. training, making yourself better yeah, by any means necessary. Do you utilize any technology in your training today? And where do you see the future of tech and sports training going? Yeah, we're blessed at Purdue to have a lot of technology that uh, I haven't always had in the past and I've had to get creative. But now that we have it, the main thing we use daily is push. And it's basically a velocity tractor for our barbells. And we have a lot of flat screens in our weight room. Hmm. And so it, it basically puts up their velocities every rep. And it turns into a leaderboard that shows, you know, who's working the hardest and who's not. Hmm. And really what it does is it's able for – it enables our entire team to see on every TV who's giving us the best effort in the weight room every day. And no one's able to hide. We have a pretty big weight room and it's kind of hard for, I mean, it's pretty easy for guys to go and hide in a corner. And, but with those TVs showing their velocity on every rep, it's pretty difficult for them to hide. Exactly. Right. And you always get that nice little extra edge when there's some competition involved. I think it was of uh, course. Jerry Rice always said he never run a fast 40 time because there was never anybody chasing him. Well, look what he did on the field. So that'll obviously exactly. worked out. Awesome, Coach. Exactly. Well, again, appreciate your time here to, again today and definitely appreciate you uh, giving us a little bit here in terms of your outlook and sort of how you utilize the, that tech in sports training. Before we let you go, we want to get into something we do with all of our coaches and players here. It's a little rapid fire round. We're going to fire some questions at you. You shoot it right back at us as quick as you can. First thing that comes to mind, uh, we'll go easy on you, I promise. Sound good? 
I'll do my best. Let's do it. All right, here we go. First question, always start with this one. Favorite sports movie of all time? That's tough. Friday Night Lights, just simply because that's where I'm from. I had a, I had a suspicion. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. That's a good one. Um, can you give us the name of a coach um, across you know any sport that you admire a lot? Oh, man. I'll probably throw my mentor out there, Zach Dake. Aiken, he's at TCU, and I spent a, I spent a year with him at TCU, learning a lot, and and he's kind of how I developed my program. He's kind of the emphasis of what we do here, just because of what they've been able to do there. Awesome, got it. Always always love the personal touch. Whether sometimes it's you know we're going Coach Pops in the NBA, or sometimes we're going with that personal mentor. Love that. Yeah. So little changing gears a little bit here. Your players come to you, ask you, hey, Coach, we got a big game tonight. What's the best pregame meal for me to eat? What are you telling them? And I, I'm gonna get in trouble if I tell them. Our, our, we got some registered <laughs> dietitians on staff that, that plan all that. But uh, for me, I'm gonna tell them to eat a steak and some potatoes. You know, maybe get a Gatorade in them. That's what I'd eat. There you go. Okay. Well, we'll direct them to the dietitians. In the meantime, they'll enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. So um, another question. We uh, you know we talk to a lot of coaches, um, and we find that a lot of coaches have some favorite quotes that they use um, in their training. Do you have a kind of a favorite quote that you use out there? And you caught me on the spot. I, I, I say so many quotes to our athletes, and if I if I you didn't ask me, I'd have a good one. Um, <laughs> the only one that comes to mind right now is "fall down seven times, stand up eight. Just Love don't it. ever ever let the last time you get pushed down be the last. That's a great one right there. Awesome. Um, all right, similar uh, similar question to last time, Coach. We got a big game tonight. I'm looking for the best pregame music to really pump me up to uh, go out there and play some Big Ten baseball. Who are you telling them to listen to? You know, the, the generation of rappers that I listen to is gone by the wayside. <laughs> when I'm working out, I throw on some Biggie and some, you know, some Tupac. But kids these days, they, Young Jeezy or Young Jock or whoever the new rapper is, that's all they want to listen to. <laughs> Coach, appreciate your time again here today. We're going to let you go here. Obviously, we know you, like I said, you're going to blink and the season's going to be here. But again, True. thank you for joining us. And we'll make sure to check in with Purdue Baseball down the line here. And best of luck this season. Thank you, guys. I, I appreciate it. Take care.